Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 15, alongside Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed. Indeed, in today's episode, the PGA Tour comes to the state of Michigan. It is the Rocket Mortgage Classic at Detroit Golf Club. We preview that and give you our picks. Talk a little bit about Nelly Korda up to number one in the world ranking. Recap the playoff that just didn't seem to want to end at the Travelers Championship. And we update you on the MHSAA Boys Golf Awards and Michigan Amateur. Let's go. Oh, it's so nice to be together, Hunter. What a nice change, huh? It is. Yeah, well, from what it... We don't have to do a Zoom. That's a huge win. No. No, the less, less work I have to do as far as... The fact that we've made it so far without me messing up <clears throat> a single recording outside of that one that just that needed to be redone. Yeah, I forgot to tell you this, but I'm going to need you to start filling in on uh, KHQ mornings. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you can be here at 3.30, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's it's funny you say that. Uh, this job doesn't allow for it, but I, I think the the best job hours to work would be like a five to two. I would love a five to two job, even like a four to one job. I'd work. I'd work John's job in a second. I think that out those hours, the fact you could be done and like you could pick your kid up from school, you could play golf in the afternoon. There's there's some benefits to being up at four o'clock. It's just, I totally agree, but can you get to bed early enough at night to be able to wake up that? Cause it really like, it takes a toll on you. You really have to shift your evening at your evening hours. Yeah. So I worked at, um, during college, I worked at UPS for a month, month and a half during the holiday. And we got to work at like two thirty, three o'clock. So <clears throat> I was able to start going to bed at like eight o'clock, which is probably still not quite early enough, but that's still I was like, right after I got Mac to bed, I just went to bed too. Yeah, what time does Mac go to sleep right now? Uh, I went to bed at 9.15 last night, 9.30. Is that later than you want? <laughs> yeah, we were out on the boat though until 9. So oh, I was, out on the boat. I'm surprised. We, I was waiting, oh, I was waiting to, I was waiting to see, shoulders off there, waiting to see you guys on the porch last night. We drove right by you. What? Yeah, I didn't see you. At what time? Um, We left the dock at 6.30. Probably went over to the state park and came back across your porch probably around eight thirty. What kind of a boat? A red, a red, a uh, red thirty-two foot tugboat, Norik tug. Oh, dude, we Stay, saw you. Did you? That was you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I have to text Sarah right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I that's I funny you say that because I I swore I saw Sarah the first time we went through. Like I saw one person out there. I could I thought it was Sarah, but then she's always out there. So. Well, why wouldn't you be if you lived in the city? If I came back to your parents' house, I'd love, I'd never leave the porch. Okay, <laughs> so just... everybody in Petoskey, we have to leave this in now. <laughs> if you see a weird-looking red tugboat go by, <laughs> and everyone in your house goes, or in your car, or whatever, <laughs> says, the hell is that? <laughs> it's it, Hunter. It's a Nordic tug. <laughs> it's a... It's an old-fashioned Norwich tug, and it's a, a sweet boat. I love it. My grandpa's boat. We my, we were supposed to go out this weekend, but... <laughs> How fast does that thing go? Uh, Probably, like, we probably cruise at, like, 12 knots, 13 knots. Uh, what the hell does that mean? How many miles per hour is that? <sighs> I'm not a boater. Sorry. I'm not I'm not, it, it, I'm not. not sure what the exact conversion. It's, like, roughly 10 to 50 miles an I hour. Because I thought it was moving. Yeah, but it was, is it really, really slow? I mean, 50 miles an hour is not like... You feel like you're crawling? Nah, in comparison to a... But we've always been sailboaters. So in comparison to a... Okay. In comparison to okay. like a little... Wow. 35 horsepower sailboat motor, it makes a big difference. Just sailing and golfing all summer long. We live in northern Michigan, Peter. Do you what play you tennis too? <laughs> no, because I always thought the tennis screw up your golf swing. Like the, <laughs> the motion... Uh, so I tried. I did. I played. I played JV tennis my freshman year and sophomore year. But then I was like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't like do both things where I felt like it There's, was. Yeah, golf. The only sport that I've seen really <clears throat> translate well in terms of like similar. It's still not quite right. But hockey. Yeah. Like hockey players, m- many of them are great athletes because it's hard to skate anyway. But tend to be decent golfers. They kind of slap shot about golf ball too. Like they're not. 
they have trouble with the swing after they hit the ball. Yeah. But everything leading up to that, you know, they have more athletic. But baseball was the one that killed me because oh, yeah. I went to Little League baseball, like batting practice, and I just swung under it, under it, under it, under it, under it every time until at one point one of our coaches made me turn around and hit from the left side. He actually said, I remember this because it was heartbreaking. I can't do this anymore. Turn him around and see if he'll hit it from the other side. <laughs> That's actually really funny that, this is all, that you're saying this because I – I stopped playing baseball freshman year of high school for this exact reason. I couldn't. I always thought that I, I was actually like a uh, a decent baseball player, and then I, and I always thought I could hit pretty well. And then I I couldn't even Dennis Starkey would be throwing me softball pitches in gym class, and I couldn't I couldn't hit a slow pitch softball in gym class. I'd miss everything underneath it. I would essentially have to like slap bunt everything, like you see in like in like the softball World Series. Uh, well, so much to talk about, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, there's uh The summer of Michigan golf continues. It sure does. No, Unbelievable. It's... So, where? I mean, where do you even want to start? You want to start with your own? Before we talk about people who are good at golf, you want to talk about yourself? Yeah, we can talk about uh, some, <laughs> some personal golf uh, this past weekend. Uh, we played the Petoskey Baby Country Club had their spring member member this weekend, and uh, myself and my partner Normie finished dead last uh, over the two days. It well was, done. <laughs> thank you. Well done. Thank you. Representing Great Leaks Golf Podcast, the best of my ability. Uh, I was, hope you weren't wearing our new logo. <laughs> no, okay. no. Thankfully, I did not. I did not have any of our apparel on. So, so hopefully, we we aren't going to see any, uh, any lack of listenership because of that. Um, but you it, did have two putters. I did. <laughs> so actually, I have written in the notes right here. I hit. I hit rock bottom, and I have hit rock bottom. I <laughs> Saturday was a was a better ball of partners, and I I missed a couple pretty inexcusable length putts like two or two or three footers and i missed a couple of those uh so saturday or friday yeah saturday night i went back to my parents house and i grabbed one of mitchell's left-handed batonardis and i grabbed uh, a right-handed uh spider spaceship mallet putter and after some practice on saturday night i left the left-handed putter at home <laughs> Thankfully, and but I did. I took the right-handed spider putter with me. I took a driving hybrid, driving iron out of the bag that I rarely ever hit, like never hit. And I I wielded two putters on Sunday morning. Uh, I putted the first two holes with the TaylorMade, missed them both terribly, easy putts, and I went right back to the Scotty. <laughs> I just <laughs> I crawled right back. And so then fast. how did you putt the remaining sixteen holes? I imagine not well, but um, have you realized that? What did you learn? Did you learn anything um, from the whole experience? the The <laughs> biggest, <laughs> the the biggest thing I'm learning right now is that I've been all all this is so this is Tuesday morning. We record on Tuesdays. All yesterday, uh, between when I got off work and when I went boating, I went home and I sat in my living room and I just practiced. I don't know if anybody knows the Tommy Fleetwood putting stroke, but he calls it the pencil grip. Where it's like essentially uh, a similar to the claw in a way, only you're you're not putting the fingers over top of the grip. It's just sitting there next to it. Essentially, I'm I'm taking my my right hand. If I could, if I could cut my right hand off, I think I'd be a better putter. Putter, but I can't. I'm not going to do that. Well, I've always felt that claw or pencil is more of a training aid than something you should take to the golf course. So I mean, it does work. I put it with the claw for probably two years it's very successful and whether you claw or pencil or whatever i think you're just talking about making a v with your thumb and your forefinger and the putter just rests on top of that yeah and that's sitting behind the putter yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so i I made i made a few putts on 
on your carpet the the yeah on my carpet and then also on sunday i made a few putts the toughest thing that i'm struggling with that i think i think that that golfers struggle with that i'm i'm struggling with right now is that i'm hitting i'm striking the ball so well so i'm giving myself so many opportunities that like when you're not making you're still making a couple of them, but when you're not making the the percentage that you feel like you should be making for the opportunities you're giving yourself, you start getting frustrated. You start pressing a little bit more on it. You start blowing them by a little bit more, and then you start missing those ones coming back, and then it's like a big old really nasty cycle I got myself in right now. You need a confidence boost. Like what? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have it for you. Okay. I mean, this well, is not where you're well, going to get it, obviously. Well, I've been very thanks. critical of your putting. Obviously. Thanks for pointing that out, Peter. That's the missing Peter. ingredient. It clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, you, I didn't know if you understood that because you went to a spider and a lefty. That's not uh, confidence. Those are those are different instruments. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's a work, the fact of, that you work got in all progress. The way to the, to the left-handed putter is my favorite part. You and I swear, the second person I've ever seen do that after my own father, who is, sorry, Dad, objectively speaking, probably the worst putter I've ever seen. Um, he is very bad. Yes, <laughs> the best, <laughs> the best advice your father ever gave me, which he he never takes his own advice clearly because he never took this advice. He goes. Whatever you do in his own, like, it's really grassy foot. Yeah. Whatever you do, Hunter, just stick with whatever you're doing. And here I am, like, switching, switching putters, switching grips. And, well, actually, the and uh, our loyal listener, Pat Gibbons, putts left-handed, plays right-handed. So I'll have to get some tips from Pat about how to, how to go about it. I, I would feel fine within, like, 10 feet, but once we got to the lag putt distance, I think I would struggle mightily left-handed. Well... If you really, there's only one level left. If we go to the layers or the levels of putting hell, mm-hmm. the very bottom, the absolute last resort, actually maybe it's one above the long putter. Been, is, there, been there, done that. Is it like the Matt Kuchar putter? I have one. Even longer. Longer. To the chin, the Bernard Langer. <laughs> To the sternum. <laughs> to the sternum. I, I have never used one. I, ha, I, I have, I take that back. I've used one for like a week and a half and I struggled. You don't think I've tried all this stuff? <laughs> no, okay. You, but the, what I was going to say is a two-sided putter. So you put the long ones righty and the short ones lefty. That's so funny. <laughs> so Norm, Norm right now is using a spider, a spider, uh, the newest spider, I think. Probably one of the newest spiders. The back of it, it's a square putter, but the back of it's flat. He started putting like foot and a half to two footers left hand, and he walks up to me. He goes, "I think I'm going to start doing this like full time because the stroke looks good. It just takes away a little bit of the. And that just goes to show how mental golf is because if you miss that left handed, you can convince yourself like, well, I putted it left handed. It wasn't like, but if you miss that putt right handed, it's it's the end of the world. Yeah, no, that's not good. That's not good psychology. No." So I, I think I might have talked him out of the putting those left-handed. We'll see. You can't putt with the back of a spider. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he made a point to show me how flat the edge was. <laughs> Good luck with that, Norm. Um, all right, do you want to talk about the high school awards first, or do you want to go to the Michigan Amateur? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the quickly about the high school awards. Uh, this past week, the uh, MHSAA handed out their um awards for the boys golf season uh, PJ PJ Maybank from Sheboygan who we've mentioned several times took home Mr. Golf after a, a pretty incredible sophomore year of high school this was his uh his maiden voyage for high school so obviously very impressive that he was able to take home Mr. Golf with with still two more years remaining um he won won several times won the state championship by 10 shots and Peter, what are you? What else are you gonna? Mention? I have my hand raised. Yes, you do. What did that mean when you said it was his maiden voyage? He didn't play last year. He did not. He was still in Florida. Did he play high school golf? In- there was no high school golf last year. Oh, it got canceled. Pardon me. <laughs> so he. This is. Uh, so my maiden voyage. 
uh, I mean, this is just, you love that terminology. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, between that and swan song, it's because you were out maiden voyage swan song. I could say those two. Frankly. And what was the name of that tugboat you said? Uh, a Nordic tugboat. Well, it's a, it's a Nordic tug. That's the name of the boat. Nordic tug. That's <laughs> like the actual name of the boat. It sounds like it's uh, name of the boat is Dan- <laughs> dance away though, or something like that. I don't know. Oh, that's kind of a good name. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the the origin of the name. Okay, so would would you like to return to PJ's maiden voyage now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I said, you saying, need to take him out for a maiden voyage victory <laughs> lap on the yeah North. his maiden voyage victory lap. He still he's only got two more until uh, it's a swan song. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as I was saying, congratulations to Peter or not to Peter? Jeez, oh, Pete's. Uh, Thank Pete, you, Hunter. <laughs> PJ, uh, Mr. Golf for Michigan 2021 in his first year. So he's, he is obviously he's a great player. And then one more accolade I have to mention because I found this very impressive. Bloomfield Hills brother Rice in Division Two had seven players earn All-State honors. Did they? They had to win, right? Did they win the Division One? They won Division Two. Division Two, sorry. Yes, uh, that I'm is going to say if you have that kind of a team. Wildly, wildly impressive. So they, I think they had seven players. One guy on the super team, uh, three guys on the first team, and three guys on the second team. Can't you t- only take five guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to an event? Yeah. So uh, typically, it's it seems like most downstate schools take five, but Big North took six sometimes. Kind of depended on the wow between amazing. five and six so, so yeah these guys were ma- made it all state even though presumably they didn't even play in every event exactly yeah that's stunning no, so and was, congrats to pj that's really what a year way to go dude yeah no he's uh a bright bright future and then continuing on we had the uh a absolute rain soaked uh, 110th michigan amateur down at cascade hills down in grand rapids Patrick Sullivan, who we have, we mentioned on the podcast a couple weeks ago, he played in the U.S. Open qualifier out in New York. He was the, uh, he was a champion. It was supposed to end on Saturday, but after torrential downpour, third to stay Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they just finished yesterday morning. Uh, he beat. I'm pulling up a name right now. What a weekend for those guys to be hanging around and oh my goodness. Goodness. yeah. Golf course is just getting hammered by rain. Yeah, so on uh, <clears throat> yesterday morning, Patrick Sullivan and Tyler Raymond, uh, Tyler plays at Eastern, Patrick plays at Michigan, uh, played to a 2-1 and one in the finals, and Patrick Patrick took it home. Um, PJ a Southern Michigan showdown there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, PJ did qualify for the round of 64. He made it through one match and then got ousted in the, in the second round. Uh, Who did he lose to? He lost to... Putting you on the spot. You are putting me on the spot. He lost to uh, Coulter Smith, okay. a name that, I've, uh, name that I have not heard. Some other, some other names. There are some local names that we're playing. Uh, a shout-out I have to give, who, I've, who I put high school golf with and, and grew up playing with. Uh, Alex Papa played in the Michigan Amateur, did not play his best golf, but... He was in the field. And then outside of that, no other really notable names that I saw worth worth mentioning in the in the Michigan Amateur. Well, congratulations to Patrick. Yeah. No, he's uh and actually well, one more name because his brother, so it was Tommy and Patrick, who we mentioned three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Both both did qualify for round sixty four and Tommy made it, I think, one or two rounds. Nice. Fun one fun weekend to be able to be together and play together. Yeah, exactly. Can't say Ted and I ever managed to accomplish that feat. <laughs> I think we both played in a Michigan Junior one year, and I probably shot eighty three in the first round. Because that's what I do. What did you shoot in the second round? <laughs> I probably played great. <laughs> <laughs> not great, not great enough, but no, I didn't shoot sixty five. But um, okay. Well, that covers the amateur. Circuit? Yes. Um, and obviously, in a minute, we're going to talk about the Rocket Mortgage, PGA Tours only, or Michigan's only PGA Tour stop, which is amazing. And um, I'll tell you guys a little bit about DGC if you haven't been there. In about 
maybe what we can expect in terms of the kind of players that are likely to succeed there on that golf course. But first, you texted me on Sunday and said, I am enthralled by this. And I took that to mean you were enthralled by the playoff that just did not want to end at the Travelers Championship in Connecticut, which (laughs) notably did not feature Bubba Watson as a participant due to his Sunday scaries that showed up there on the uh, back nine. But you said you flipped it on in the midst of the playoff, right? Yeah, I didn't watch. uh, Like I said at the beginning of the show, we had member member in the morning and then I had to what was that Sunday I was doing I was doing something Sunday that wasn't didn't allow me to to be in front of the TV until like darn near when the play I saw a tweet that said uh two-man playoff starting so I, I flipped it on and uh it was it was a hell of a playoff the fact that my my only gripe is at some point are we not gonna is, is are the are the officials not gonna see how e- these these two holes Aren't aren't creating aren't creating much of a gap at some point because I think that was the they didn't have many holes left because darkness but at some point I would love to see them switch to a maybe a, a different hole something something that w- would have maybe created some separation because uh, it wasn't it wasn't like they were it was just a lot of, obviously it was a lot of pars what was eight it was all pars eight pars exactly right. Incredible. It was just a waiting for somebody to make a birdie. Because that was because uh, Kramer shot 65, 67. One of them shot 65, the other one shot 67, or right around there. So they, they had made birdies throughout the day, and then to go almost a hole nine holes where both of them made well, and straight they both, pars. They both birdied 18 in regulation. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then they got to play it four more times and could only muster one between the two of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> funny i was it was wild. like it was like the exciting it was sort of this weird thing because it was exciting in the sense that it never ended and they kept certain things happening in the course of the playoff like kramer i think maybe on the second to last playoff hole looked like he was about to lose yes. harry was still had not putted for birdie yet and kramer had about 16 feet maybe ish for par drano and then harry slides it by on the low side and we're like oh gosh we're we're still going so that it was exciting in that respect but it was not exciting or thrilling in the sense that these two guys got got into the playoff and then just played brilliant golf yeah they were scrambling no exactly and and well and it's no fault of their own if i if i had to play if it was like somewhere around my twenty fourth hole of the day, twenty fifth hole of the day, and I had to go stand on seventeen at that golf course and try to hit a tee shot, the fact they were actually hitting some really well controlled, good making some really good swings for like that that tee shot in seventeen looked so visually demanding without with the with the bunkers left and the water right, like where are you gonna go? It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I believe it is. I said, to, I, believe it is. I said to my family because they've all been there and I haven't. I was like, "What's what's way left?" Because I know that's where I would hit it, and I would almost just hit my driver so that I know I could advance it as far as possible. So that if I was chopping it out of Heather, I could get it over the water. But I mean, they just—they're not a—they don't seem a. I wonder if it's. They just know it's a little wider down there than it looks from the tee, and they're able to overcome the visual challenge. But even Faldo was talking about how on the on the broadcast, it's it really it is pretty daunting to stand on that tee and 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 try to hit that fairway. That's a really on an easy course. It's a really tough hold on the stretch. Uh yeah, yeah. No, I would say so. <clears throat> I, I I'd love to. I'd be curious to see how many people knew who Kramer was prior to, to Sunday night. Cause I mean, he was, he wasn't like a, a super well-known name. My, my kid kind of buried the guy. I go, he goes, who's that? And I go, that's, that's Kramer. He goes, that's kind of a funny name. I go, well, give him a break, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't pick it. He didn't pick his own name. I thought it was interesting that they really wanted to talk about him 
as a Texas player and oh, yeah. uh, and having you know. Did you know Sam Burns was, known, his, was his friend? I didn't. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> did you know? Did but you? But I know now. You didn't know. Boy, after I Sunday. know now. Holy cow! Yeah, that was really. Sort of I felt bad they did that interview, and then my he, mom was like, <laughs> "Why do they keep showing Sam Burns?" And Tad would be like, "Cause they're friends, mom." <laughs> It was pretty great. <laughs> I love how they did that interview with Sam, and then and then Kramer lost in the next hole, <laughs> like, almost yes. almost simultaneously. Thanks a lot, dude. Well, I think what I was thinking about is that I, I wanted Harry to win. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I, I figure that's. that's I was what really bummed because I, you know, I had a decent sweat Sunday because I had that Bubba ticket, and then I had a really a heck of a sweat trying to get him in in the top 20 to cover my outright, which he came in tied 19th. Oh, my. He fell that much? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I thought I was going to still hit the top five each way. <laughs> and then I was like, no, no, I just need to hit the top once Bubba starts, Bubba, once Bubba starts to finish slide, in the top 20. He dude. slides. It was like, Bubba, please win. Bubba, please finish in the top five. Bubba, please finish in the top ten. Bubba, just please don't finish outside the top twenty. Just finish the golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Make it to how the many, clubhouse. How many holes do you have left? <laughs> well, he just kept bogey. It's bogey, 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 double. And I was like, okay, that's enough. Make a par. But thankfully, is another bogey was good enough for uh, tied nineteenth. But anyway. I obviously wanted Harry to win, but it was really interesting to see that unfold because of the Ryder Cup implications. Mm -hmm. And now he's up at number eight, I think, right, in the standings. I top six are locks. or top, Is it top, top five or six are locks? So he's not a lock because they changed. I think they changed it to do more captain's picks for COVID. They have, yes, I do. Which is, seems totally wrong. I don't really get that, but, <clears throat> you know. That's that's two wins this year. Correct. Yep. Uh, what century tournament champions and I don't know how I can still see him getting left off, but I don't know how you can. I don't know how you how you justify it at this point. He's going to have to play some poor golf between now and the time those picks are made, which is what early August or something like that. I think. I, I don't know how how uh, Steve could could see him make those. He had two or three of those. I could remember because it's because Ian Baker Fitch. Of course, he goes well. He got the same foot length putt as he is tall, six foot three. So he had he had like two or three six foot three six foot three inch putts that he drained. Like those are what you need on a Ryder Cup team. He he is obviously. Well, and he's, very calm, cool, and collective. Yeah, he's clutch. Yes, he may rolled in that long one that he knew he needed in regulation, and he didn't miss a couple in the playoff. But I mean, playoffs are hard, and he did emerge victorious. But it's interesting because Patrick Reed, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Jordan Spieth, Dan, Jordan Spieth, Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, and Phil. Remember, we talked about Phil being on the Ryder Cup team following the PGA Championship. Boy, that's fading fast are all on the outside of the top six, and only the top six are locked. So I just think that's going to be really, really interesting to watch uh, down the stretch here as we as we get going. Um, Tell you what. Get, get closer to uh, the Ryder Cup, that is. American golf is in good hands. You see, like there's some really good names way down. and like I'm looking at the Ryder Cup list right now of point list. There's some very, I mean, Max Homa is 19. Like, Will's out, Taurus is 20. Woodland, 21. I mean, these are some very fine, fine, fine players that are way, way down here. Well, Zala Taurus is actually in the, one of the top guys on the odds board going into this week, which is interesting. He's kind of quieted down. So it'll be uh, interesting <laughs> to see how popular he is in the betting markets. And the because this is now he's in a weaker field, yet to win on his first time. I do think. <clears throat> he's going to be somewhat popular, but yeah, I mean, just hearing those names outside the top six, I mean, Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth outside the top six, and those guys, you know, they have to be on the team. Uh, Jordan's playing great. I still think he's going to win the Open Championship too, but um, squeezing in a little breakfast over there. I'm starving. 
So the Travelers delivers. Recap. The Travelers is a great tournament. We got mm-hmm. great players. We got a lot of guys in the 50 to 1 range. Henley was in it. Uh, obviously, English won it. Bubba was right there at 45 to 1. It's really the kind of tournament where you feel okay about skipping the top and letting those guys try to beat you because it's a little more egalitarian in terms of the kind of winner that might emerge. So that happened yet again. So very interesting from a gambling standpoint. And I think that only intensifies this week as we go to the Rocket Mortgage and get an even, you know, weaker field. Still a great field. It's a PGA Tour event, but an even weaker field going to a a golf course that only has two years of history. So this one, this baby is wide open, and I think the odds board is fascinating at the Rocket. Uh, quickly before the Rocket, we have we have to mention Nellie Corda. She's only the third. <clears throat> so this past weekend uh, at the K- KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Nellie Corda, uh, who is the only the third American since the rankings were introduced in 2006 to uh, be ranked number one in the world. She and the first since 2014. She's only 22 years old. I think the the American game is in is in pretty good hands, and I'm it's exciting to see. I mean, she she played awesome yesterday or Sunday rather, and <clears throat> another cool. Little tidbit is I'm pretty sure Nelly, Jessica, her sister, who also plays golf, and then Sebastian, her brother, will all be playing the Olympics in Tokyo. And <clears throat> Sebastian plays tennis, so it's that's a pretty cool. I mean, between you have three kids in the Olympics between the ages of 20 and 28. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a gifted family, maybe a little bit. You uh, think? Peter Peter Corda won the. Australian Open in '93 ish, I think. That's and, their father. Yeah, and um, their mother was a was an athlete, was an Olympian as well. I'm not sure in what sport, but she was also an Olympian. Uh, so I mean, obviously, there's always. I mean, there's been a, a stereotype over the last decade, 15 years that that in a way almost a- Asian golf has almost taken over the LPGA, where you see you see a lot more Asian players than you do. Uh, American players day in and day out on the LPGA tour, so it's really awesome to see Nelly at the only age of 22 and Jessica just a few years older than her holding down strong for the American game. And obviously, it's it's strong with Lexi playing well just a couple weeks ago and several other players. So I wanted to give a quick congratulations to to Nelly on her uh, number one ranking in the Rolex World Rankings. So now that's two wins in a row for her. Didn't she win in at Blyfield? Did she win last week? Was that Nellie or Jessica? Nellie, I think. Oh, yeah. She she shot 263 at the Meyer LPGA. Yep, she did win. 68, 66, 62, 67 <laughs> to win by two. Yes. Four clear of third. So that's back-to-back victories, a major and a number one world ranking? Correct. Have a June. Have a June. Have a June, Nelly. <clears throat> so, uh, awesome. Really, really cool stuff. So hopefully, and like I've been saying, she's only 22. So she's got a long ways to, to keep it going. The youth movement on the LPGA continues. Mm-hmm. I think there's a youth movement on the PGA side. Watch the ladies. Crazy. All right, cool. You want to get into DGC? Yeah, let's do it. Have you been here? I have not. No, I had the opportunity to go last year and I couldn't, uh, <clears throat> could not make it. So I'll give you kind of a quick course preview. I've been on the grounds. Uh, I was there for the first edition, and I think they're going to keep, they changed it a little bit last year, and now they're talking about growing the rough up, I think, a little bit more this year. It is, if you've played any Southern Michigan Country Club golf, it definitely has that feeling to it. Um it is the Donald Ross. It actually started, we're over, it's over 100 years old, started as a six-holer, then they expanded to nine, and then they brought in Donald Ross, and now they have 36. The course that they play is 17 of the holes from the north, I believe it is, and one from the south, which is just a par three, number three, that helps with the routing. Uh, so you're basically playing one of those 
uh, two golf courses. They it did undergo a renovation, to, what three four years ago now to get ready for the event. Once they found out they were going to have it, I say that it's country club style and tree lined, but it's not quite as tight or demanding off the tee as you associate that kind of golf with, particularly as you turn to the back nine. The back nine opens up a little bit. 10 is a dog leg left away from the clubhouse. 11 is a long uh, par three. And then you get into some short open par fours, a easily reachable par five, particularly if you hit the fairway off of that uh, tee, a short par three, another short par four, another reachable par five, and then a dog leg left that does have a creek 18 as you go up the hill to a tough green that slopes back to front. But basically, it's going to be a birdie fest. It's only 7,300 yards. It's a par 72. These guys get four par fives, uh, all of which they'll consider to be birdie holes. And so you're not... Last week was a par 70... 6,800 is more about a more of a short course accuracy type of play. This golf course, although it's kind of a similar, you know, Northeast golf is not that different from Midwest golf. And, you know, that, that is that particular TPC there out in Connecticut is, is what you would describe as being kind of tree lined, even though it's a little more Parkland style. But you can use your your driver can be a weapon at Detroit Golf Club, particularly as you go to the back nine and length can be a factor. We've obviously seen that bear itself out as Bryson DeChambeau emerged victorious, I think, by three shots last year over Matthew Wolf, also a bomber. Doc Redman flashed here uh, in the first edition. Uh, finishing second to Nate Lashley, which was an even bigger blowout two years ago than uh, last year. But we're talking winning scores, guys, in the low to mid-20s, under par. So what does Bryson do well in addition to hitting his driver? He's a phenomenal putter. You have to make lots of birdies on these small greens, which means you have to make lots of putts and you can't be you can't be losing strokes on approach unless you're really really bombing it way way down there. So you're going to see I don't think you can really profile players for this golf course necessarily. I think you have to look at the limited history that we have and then you have to ride some form and just scan the board for good value because that's what these kind of events provide. You're looking at guys in the 20s, 30s, 40s that are really, you're going to have a hard time differentiating them from guys in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And we'll talk a little bit about that as I go through the odds board. But really a cool golf course, obviously super special for the state to have um, a regular tour stop and... Um, it's all obviously going to be fun to watch, and hopefully there'll be some good crowds out there. Um, I will say it's interesting. If you're heading down there, you're going to go watch. It's in a – it's not in a nice neighborhood. Let's just put it that way. That's what I've heard. You, It's about 20 minutes from downtown, and I can – I have heard, you know, secondhand – stories of players who have been a little unsettled by some of the environment surrounding the uh, tournament property. But if there's there's no, that is what Detroit is. And those of us who live in Michigan understand that, you know, there's a fence between city limits of Detroit and, and Gross Point. And you'd think that that fence was a wall between two countries and it's just really an interesting sort of dynamic among players 
and deciding whether or not to come here and where to stay and things of that nature. I don't think anybody feels unsafe necessarily, but it's just, you know, that's one of the things that you'll notice if you go there this weekend and you've never been to DGC, you're going to say, we're on our way to a PGA Tour event right now, a world-class golf course. You know, you're not so sure until you pull through the gates, but it is a beautiful property. It's a great representation of of Michigan golf. And so I'm excited to dig into uh, some of the guys who I think will, will play well here. So you just said, you just said a great, a great representation of Michigan golf. Do you wish, do you think there's a better course that would, that would yield lower? I don't necessarily like, like I feel like if, if they come to I don't like when players come to Michigan and they go shoot, like they're going to shoot like 28, 800 probably is probably like the, well, have you seen the pictures of the, we haven't talked about this, but have you seen the pictures of the Oakland Hills renovation? I have not. It's phenomenal. So that, and I guess that's the that's the obvious answer. And I almost wish that, and it's it's tough to play a, a regular tour stop Oakland Hills, but I do feel like we have enough good golf in this state that we could find. I know that you have to think about travel and accommodations, and it has to be within a certain mile of an airport, all that stuff, but. Yeah, you, you hate to because I do think Michigan has some best, some of the best golf in the country. To see them come shoot at like a whatever they're going to shoot, just shy of thirty under. I don't know if it is the best representation of what Michigan golf really is. Or could- no, I mean, yeah, I mean that's totally fair. Maybe a great representation isn't the best way to put it. It's just, it's just fun to be able to have one to call your own. One hundred percent. And DGC is you know, is fine. It's definitely passable. I mean, it's a good golf course. It has a long history. It's a nice property, a good clubhouse, sizable enough facilities, et cetera, Mm -hmm. proximity to the airport. Yeah. Do I wish they were playing Oakland Hills every year? Uh, For sure. Do I wish they were playing this at CCD instead of DGC, Country Club of Detroit? Of course I do, but I don't think the members would ever, you know, there's a lot that goes into that kind of a decision. So that's a little bit, different of a setup over there one of my favorite golf courses of of all time ccd but um yeah no i do i get super super psyched about them shooting nate lashley winning at 25 under no i don't get super psyched about that (laughs) but i get psyched enough about having a golf tournament in, in the state of michigan that it's enough to to overlook and i do think the score I don't think they're going to get quite to 23 or 25 this year. I think the rough will make a little bit of a difference, and I think they're going to try to make the golf course a little more challenging from a setup standpoint. So, I mean, I could be wrong about that, but I'm thinking more like 20 to 21. So it's, you know, you got to shoot 67 every day. The thing is, it's a par 72, and this there's a couple par fives out there that are almost gimmies. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to have really low scores. If you were going to look at scoring statistics to kind of inform you, I do think par five scoring is is important here. You have to take advantage of the four par five. So if you struggle on par fives, uh, it'd be tough to uh, tough to get behind that. Even though there are some short fours out there that are birdie holes. Mm-hmm. All right. So before I talk in even more circles, should we go through the odds board? Yeah, run through the odds board real quick, and we can. So Bryson as the defending champ is your betting favorite. I see I'm going to go through FanDuel Michigan here. Hunter Hunter and I are together in studio today, which is awesome. I get to see his bright, shining, smiling Mm -hmm. face. Uh, Bryson plus 700. Yowza. Short. Uh, Patrick Reed, fourteen to one. Webb Simpson, who has played very little and I believe is slightly injured and missed the cut at Tory, is sixteen to one, along with Hideki Matsuyama, this year's uh, Masters champion and a is participating in this for the third time, which is as many additions as we've had. I mentioned Will Zalatoris earlier being one of the favorites. He's twenty to one. Joaquin Neiman, I think, has been bet down a little bit. He's down to 22. Matthew Wolf, who played well at the U.S. Open, faded a bit on Sunday and finished second here to Bryson last year, is going to get a lot of love this week. He's 27 to 1, along with Jason Kokrak, who won at Colonial, which could be said is a similar setup 
except much harder, to Detroit Golf Club. Uh, Kevin Kisner, who had a pop week last week. He had an awesome weekend. Can't believe we missed that. Is all the way down to 29-1. to one. He also has some history here, as I think he finished third either last year or the year before. Sung J.M., is there with him at 29, as well as Jason Day, who had a good Thursday, Friday at the Travelers. Charlie Hoffman is 33. Keegan Bradley and Bubba Watson, while Bubba come down all the way to 34. Emiliano Grillo, Garrett Higo, Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland, Cameron Tringali, 41 to 1. Max Homa, Doc Redman, who I mentioned has had some success here. Siwoo Kim, 50 to 1. Maverick McNeely, who popped for a minute last week and also has a little bit of history here, 55. Brendan Todd, 60. Sepp Straka, who's been T8, T11 the last two years here, 65-1, to along with Phil Mickelson, Danny Willett, Kyle Stanley, Lucas Glover, Alex Noren, Doug Gim, Harold Varner, Chris Kirk, Ryan Armour, Matt Jones, Lanto Griffin, Brant Seneker, Chez Reeve, Mito Pereira, fresh off his three-win um, exemption from the Corn Ferry onto the PGA Tour. Those guys are all 80 to 1. Cameron Davis last night was 120 to 1. He's already been bet down to 90. I knew that was a typo. He's there with Kramer Hickok, who obviously lost in the playoff last week. Bo Hostler, who had a good week. Adam Hadwin, Sebastian Munoz, Pat Perez, Troy Merritt, Luke List close out those under 100 to 1. Um, all at, or excuse me, at or under 100 to 1. Those guys are all plus 10,000 to win this event. So as I went through that, everybody 100 to 1 and under. Hunter, who jumps out to you? There were <clears throat> one name that just that just jumped right off the board just because you're such a fanboy of him is Doc Redman. Given the given his past uh, his past success here, he's fifty to one right now to outright. Shockingly enough, FanDuel does not have finishing positions yet for the Rocket Mortgage as of Tuesday Tuesday morning, which is brutal. Come on, guys, this is a Michigan PGA Tour event. Like it's very, we're trying to know, burn money here. I don't know what their like what their fine line is because every except for like episode three, I didn't have I didn't have lines for episode three, but then we went like a three or four month stretch or yeah, three or three month stretch where we had lines every Tuesday morning. And now uh, these last two weeks we've been struggling a little bit, but anyway, doc was uh runner up in 2019 in the, uh, the inaugural edition. And then he was also T second at Congaree just three weeks ago. So he's obviously has some decent form right now. I, I le- I'd be curious to see what his finish mission numbers will be when they come out, but that's something that's a name that that jumps off right off the bat to me. Um, another one that that I that I am going to be looking at. I'm, I'm just not sure what his finishing conditions are going to be. Is I have yet to to bet uh, Sep Straka yet this year, and I've been mean to because he's starting to kind of turn it turned into some pretty good form you mentioned t11 t8 last two years and he's coming off a t10 at the travelers i'm i will I, I doubt i will do a outright on him but i'm curious to see if he has anything worth mentioning for finishing positions when when we get around to it and then you mentioned how do we miss kevin kisner last week because uh, he's, he's been playing terrible he had 260 so i don't think i'm gonna be touching 29 to 29 to 1 on kevin kisner even though he is playing T five, he ha- he does have a T five here, so or solo third rather last year. Yeah, I he's going to be super popular, I think, because people saw him shoot those couple of low scores last week, including I think he played really well on Sunday. Um, yeah, back to back sixty threes, unbelievable. Yeah, he played unbelievable golf over the weekend, and he's exactly. It's no surprise that he was a solo third here. I also no. think he's a three time participant, so. I do think guys that have played here each of the previous two years, like you mentioned, Seb Straka, Doc Redman, I like that. The fam- it's not a course that you need a ton of familiarity on, but it never hurts to have familiarity no. plus confidence, you know, if you've played there well before. But it's gonna it's a shock to the system to see Kiz at 29 because he's been so far down the odds board of late mm-hmm. given his play. However... If you like him, he can make a ton of birdies. If he's fixed his approach game, 
and he you know he keeps it in the fairway well enough this week, which shouldn't be a problem off the tee. It's it's not that tight. I I do think it's this is a good call, of course, uh, for players who hit the ball right to left. Um, twenty nine is still fair for the quality of golfer that you're getting there. I will absolutely, if FanDuel allows me to, or if I have to drive to Indiana or Chicago, so be it, I will absolutely be backing Kevin Kisner for finishing position. If I suspect he will be about even odds to top 20, and there's no way I'm going to I'm gonna let that pass me by. Matthew Wolf, I think, is going to be hugely popular this week, and I might get in on it. Talk about a number that's way too short at 27. But, like, this is setting up really, really nice for Matthew Wolf. He's a bomber. He's got, I don't, I, he's we're not going to let this moment pass us by. Peter just said that he would drive five hours to place a top 20 bet on Kevin Kisner. I would. <laughs> five hours. I would. They Michigan give me even duel, money or don't make, don't make him do it, Michigan fan. Don't give him, give him the finishing positions. And then with the exception of Doc Redman, and I'm, I might bet Septa outright, but I'm definitely going to bet him to finish position, just like you said. I think he's really comfortable on this golf course. He's just steady Eddie, really good with his irons, can get hot enough with the putter to get into the mid-teens at least, maybe not 20, 21, but I feel really good about him finishing in the top 20 as well. And then I feel comfortable. Uh, Doc and Sept stand out to me in this range, and then I feel comfortable skipping everyone else i don't think any of these guys like i think these guys at 80 to even back to 150 i have two guys at 150 that i really like (laughs) these guys at 80 are just as likely to win as the guys in the 40s in the 60s um oh there's guys like like pat kazire and bet on at 120 to one those those names i see i go who says no? Like, I, I, why? I mean, Patton just finished top, top two two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, he's been playing great golf, and he's. If you like, this should be a good golf course for him because he played well at Colonial too. And if you think that that's a comp, which people have said, and I think it's somewhat fair, even though this golf course is much easier, you have to make a lot more putts, a lot more birdies. I mean. Uh, I'm gonna look really long and hard. At three of these guys at 80 to one, and they go by the names of Harold Varner, Chris Kirk, and Ryan Armour. I'll probably only bet one or two of those guys. Obviously, Varner would get it done in a different way, but he fits that Bryson, uh, Matthew Wolf kind of a mode where he can get away with being a little wild off the tee and he's going to hit it a long ways. So, um, and he's played here, and not with necessarily with great success, but with he's familiar enough with the golf course. And I think, I really think that Harold is going to win on the PGA Tour very, you know, in the next year or two. And this one wouldn't surprise me at all. Chris, to see Chris Kirk at eighty, I think is interesting because again, I think this is a that's a style of play that can work really well here. And it's a guy that can get really hot with his putter and make a ton of birdies. Um, so I think he's really fairly priced at 80. And then Ryan armor has some history played well at the travelers. This is his time of year. He's good on short courses. 80 is too short for him. So that one's going to take a little bit more of a leap of faith on my part, but I think all those guys are interesting and I'll probably be looking at all three of them for top forties and top thirties. If, uh, if FanDuel would be so kind as to give them to me. the one, I mentioned the 150s. I'm I'm going to be all over Brian Stewart. I was about to ask where, where we're setting on the – we got three at least three Michigan guys in the field this week. I was curious as to – Yeah, sorry, one, I should have mentioned one, that. 150 to 1. We got Brem, we have Stewart, and we have Willie Mack. <clears throat> yeah, Willie, and uh, worth mentioning, just with the Michigan amateur this week, this is the, the 10-year anniversary of Willie – Willie beat Joey in the uh, 100th edition of the Michigan Amateur at the Heather, which is insane to think about. That was 10 years ago. Peter was just telling me how he had, and I was, I, I lost sleep last night trying to think about how like you logistically did that in 2011. 
Like where, Yeah, that was an awesome day. I remember that well. It was unfortunate that Joey didn't play well, but Willie played really well, deserved to win, and uh, he's a really good player, and I hope that he has good success um, this week. But yeah, I called that portions of that match, not the entire thing, but... Well, that's what I was like. How did you? How did you do that? <laughs> like, did you like call? Were you on a phone? Phone. Okay. That okay. That I was thinking. It was by phone, so okay. I had. There was uh, my DJ right there by the nineteenth hole behind the eighteenth uh, green. Yeah. He was set up there permanently in our little booth, our broadcast booth, and then I was walking around the golf course, calling into the radio station, giving updates and some. Some play by play as well as we got, you know, down the stretch there and and uh, uh, got near the end of that match. I can't remember what hole that match 15. ended on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, called pretty much live for those last few holes, maybe that last 20 minutes or half hour. So, yeah, it was really fun. Amazing. You're right to think that that was 10 years <laughs> ago. But Stuart Brem, Willie Mack representing the state of Michigan this week. And I love Brian Stewart. I like him at 150 to one. I think it's a fair number. Um, he's he's really been playing solid golf, but I like him even more for top 40, top 30, and probably top 22. When you see guys down at 150 to one, you're gonna get decent. You're gonna get good odds on finishing positions in the 150, 175, plus 150, plus 175 type of range. And I think that those that Brian uh, can easily pay off. On those, if he plays the way that he has uh, been playing lately, and then I'm not gonna let. I'm gonna stay on Will Gordon one more week. I'm not gonna let his driver beat me, just in case. I feel pretty good that this is his last. You know, this is the last really good fit. I thought 150 was a little short compared to some of the other guys that he's around, but I have a lot of faith in this guy. He was dead last of those who made the cut last week, but on a course that he had success on. But uh, I, it, it just takes one week. And you, like I said, you can use the driver can be a serious weapon here, particularly in that closing stretch of holes on the back nine where you can really, similar to the Travelers, get to – Get to 12T, you know, one or two under, um, excuse me, 13, and you can easily shoot four or five, four or five under uh, on those remaining uh, six holes there. Which is nice, creates some exciting golf, potential for some exciting golf coming down the stretch on Sunday. You'll see Eagles on uh, 17 and I think it's 14. Um and you'll see some really, really low scores this week in the you know low 60s. So, um, Stewart, not really maybe the kind of guy. He's maybe a little bit more of a grinder. You don't think of him for a 20 under type yeah, of tournament. Exactly. So that's you know makes the 150 a little harder to swallow. But I do like the finishing positions. He's in good form. He's played well here in the past, and he's from Jackson, Michigan, just down the road. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be dialed in and and ready to go this week. Awesome. And then we just had a few um we had a couple of guys that we have talked about previously. Uh Ben Cook and Alex Scott both almost made it into the field yesterday. They they both tried to Monday into this event. They were in a, a nine for three playoff that lasted eight holes last night, uh down at Khaki Cousins at Oakland University. I think Alex Alex made it like five or six holes and Ben made it. Uh, all the way, he was like he was the last one or second to last one cut. So, uh, obviously, uh, not the outcome they were looking for, but that would have been uh, for sure Alex's first PGA Tour start. And I'm not sure the only reason Ben even played in this is because he was trying to go to a. And I saw some Twitter people on Twitter weren't pleased about it. They go, "Is that is that Club Pro like quotations? Is that Club Pro Ben Cook out there? Like because he was supposed to go to an LA." Uh, an LA tour event this week and he got to the airport and his passport was expired. So he had to come. So he just flew back and he's like, I'll try to Monday qualify into the rocket and obviously didn't, did not make it, but was close passport. Why does he need a passport to go to California? <clears throat> no, we, um, Latin America. Latin, oh, Latin La- America, Latin America tour, LA tour. La- <laughs> Latin America. I'm like, there's a Los Angeles golf tour. <laughs> no, can we get on it? Yeah. 
No, it's actually uh, we were getting a little off track here, but uh, worth going to watch. I just listened to uh, on Pardon My Take had Colin Morikawa on yesterday, and uh, he was talking. They asked him like, "What does it take to be a professional golfer?" And it's actually really funny. Like, there's it takes absolutely nothing to be a professional golfer. Like, if I if I handed you a dollar and I said go play golf. <laughs> you would have, you could essentially become a professional golfer. So, like Peter said, like, can we be on that tour? Oh, well, probably. Like, if we if we had the had the registration fees, we probably could be on that tour. Like, and like to qualify for the to be in a Monday a Monday Corn Ferry event, you don't need to have a handicap. You just need to have the four hundred dollars. The four hundred dollars to play in that Monday Corn Ferry, which we've seen play itself out with some pretty high scores on the front nine, and then some gentlemen being escorted to the parking lot. Yeah, we have. I wonder if they get the 200, 200 of their 400 back when they don't. Yeah. <laughs> they get walked off the course at the turn. I mean, I think it's – well, you made a good point that I said they should, he, that guy should go sue the, sue the corn fairy, but then you said he said – because he was only he – was, he was six shots going into the back nine. He was only like six or seven shots away from what the playoff was. So they should have just let him play that first hole, and then, <laughs> then he, wouldn't have had a, he wouldn't have had a gripe at that point. I just got a message from the FanDuel Sportsbook that says, Reality check. We're glad you're enjoying FanDuel Sportsbook. Just so you know, you have been playing for 30 minutes. You have wagered $0 since you logged in. Is that your, is that your first ever reality check? You've gotten these before? Oh, yeah. Several. It, they, they don't, God forbid no... it takes me a minute to figure out which of these 10 guys I actually want to click, click. No, there's there's no... Don't take it, don't take it too personal. There's no rhyme or reason for those... Because obviously you didn't even bet any money, but so there's been times where I've, where I actually it's been like a football Sunday, and maybe I have, <clears throat> maybe I'd, maybe a reality check wouldn't be the worst thing that I need to be called on. But then there's times where I've bet like zero dollars and I'm just looking at the boards, and it's giving me reality checks. Pretty annoying, FanDuel Sportsbook. Pretty annoying. Well, you gotta gamble responsibly. This is. Do you think that they were urging me to gamble responsibly? I think they were urging me to gamble irresponsibly. Oh, you think you think they were you were taking that as like, hey, you've been sitting here for thirty minutes, so you haven't spent any money yet. Are you gonna bet or not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That. What? How did you take it? I, I, I just <laughs> took it more. You were that you were signing for so long, so like, I think they're thinking it hey, was a sh- or get off the pot. Hey, 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 there. Peter! Like you got life or something? <laughs> you got to, you're gonna go to work. You have anything else to do? Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, anything else? Um. No. I don't think so. Good luck to everybody at the to the Rocket Mortgage. And we have any of our listeners are going to watch, have fun. I might yeah. actually try to sneak down there on Saturday. I was thinking about that yeah. in the last half hour. Yeah, enjoy. It's an easy, it's the flattest course on tour. It's an easy walk. Good tournament to take your family to. The back nine is pretty spread out. There's some decently wide uh, walking areas. And then there's some some decent spots to go hang out. If you go... If you get there and you're not sure exactly where to go, there's a lot of, if you walk down the right side of 10 behind the uh, grandstands, you get to the food court type area and that's right between 10 and the first drivable or first uh, reachable par five on the back nine, which I think I want to, I keep wanting to say is 14, but it might actually be 15. Sorry. No, it is fourteen. It is fourteen. Pardon me. Yeah, fourteen. You're, so you're gonna play any golf while you're up here this weekend or this week? Have you played golf yet? No, I have not. I stink, so I'm not particularly concerned. I just need to get get myself ready for the for the Cook Cup at Petoskey Bayview Country Club. So, and I have to be careful not to exceed my rounds limit, so that I can still be considered a guest and actually qualify to play. I've already played. That event doesn't count. You don't have to. You could have twice. You could have your. You could already have your. Uh, be at your five rounds, and if you could still play your cook cup practice round, they wouldn't tell you no. Really? Yeah. It, uh, that, well, in that case, I'll probably play tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that round does not. Uh, I've always been told that round does not count against you, just because we're we're essentially paying for it. But if I what if I what if I go one over before that? What if I go over not at? If you played six rounds or whatever. If you played five rounds and it was before July 24th and you went to Thursday to the practice round before the cook cup and Brian told you to leave, I would be like, 
I, I would say something. I think everybody, just because it's like you're the you're the guest and. Well, yeah. thank you for coming to my defense. <clears throat> no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you'd have any issues. I'll see you out there tonight. Then does Birchwood have any? Can, are you allowed to go? Do they have any restrictions as far as how many times guests can play? I'm playing Birchwood on Saturday. All right. Woods Farms. Hmm. Do you like the Woods? The is that your is that your preferred eighteen? Surprise, sacrilege to say, but I like the originals. I'd not. That's how I'd, I'd prefer that too. I think the Woods is the Woods looks pretty, but I don't think it's that. Nice for golf course. I like the. I think the Birch's Farms is by far the. That's a sweet track. Yeah, I like that. There's some really good holes out there. I, I I've always said if money wasn't an option, or wasn't an object rather, I would be a member at Birchwood so fast and make your head spin. Yeah, you love it out there. I I you you get you never have a bad lie. I always feel like even if you miss a you miss a fairway, you miss a green, the ball sits up really nice. It always you always feel like you have a good chance that. It's a very level playing field out there. Yeah, last time I played there, maybe it was two times ago, actually, because the last time I played out there, I struggled a little bit. I think I shot 75, but two times ago, I shot even. I played pretty well there. I played I played up because I was playing with my father-in-law. I didn't play the tips, but it's not a length, the, the length of the golf course. No, it doesn't matter anyway. You hit no. it Regardless of what tee you're hitting off on, number one, Birches, you're hitting, you're either trying to snap fooey hook your driver or you're hitting like a six iron. I had a seven iron off that tee the last time I played there. It's actually kind of funny because we say it was a good golf good golf course, and I talked with that hole, which I don't necessarily like that hole that much, just because it is a very strange like six iron, six iron, nine iron. It's goofy. Six iron, eight iron, whatever. It, it's goofy. They just don't have a lot of room there. there. But then the course gets really good after that. In my yeah. Opinion. No, very good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Enjoy the rocket. Have fun in Detroit if you're headed down. Yeah, definitely. See ya.